0: Hey, brother. Hello, brother. <laughs> Welcome to Season 6, Episode 16.3 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother,
1: Chris. That's uh, me. I'm not saying any, anything clever or campaigning for Alamo anymore. You're, you're past that? Yeah. Right. Ran, its, ran its course. If you're new
0: to this podcast, Match Wits is a nostalgia-infused uh, pop y type of thing where we talk about all sorts of random things. We start on one topic, we end on another uh, I said this is episode sixteen point three. We usually p- record these over the weekend and drop them on Sundays. We were having all sorts of technical difficulties. We tried to do it last night. We tried to do it on a Sunday night. So here we go, uh, three, three, four times the charm. So sure. Yeah. You know, anyways, so this was originally going to be a, a Mother's Day episode because we were going to record it <laughs> over the weekend and talk about uh, uh, moms, our mom in particular, and. You know we're we we're, we're both married to some really good moms, so uh, we were going to talk about that. But now it's like almost Wednesday, um, yeah. so happy belated Mother's Day to to Janine and Aaron and all the moms out there. Um, and uh, I guess we'll move. I guess we'll move past Mother's Day on to uh, uh, a couple of other things that we were gonna we we're gonna talk about. So this episode is going to be uh, about guilty pleasures um, and. I think we should probably quantify, and we do this on every episode, right? We go through kind of a a top list of of things, and we kind of come up with a theme. So uh, we're going to jump right into it this time and and talk about guilty pleasures.
1: Now, So hold on. I I take umbrage with the the term guilty pleasure because all the ones on my list are I don't feel guilty about loving. Like maybe to the extent of how many times I've watched them to a certain extent or how many times I've sat down to watch like an award-winning movie and i start flipping through the channels and the next thing you know it's con air's on and it's an hour and a half later and i have to go to bed and i didn't watch anything besides con air for the 30th time so oh my um, god con air see it's perfect perfect example That's that's but... it, it, on my list my list is very extensive. You you do these top six lists. I can't do superlatives like that, man. I yeah, yeah. watch way too much stuff, and there's just it depends on what we're talking about. Am I in a Patrick Swayze mood? Because that opens up an entirely different, <laughs> an entirely different avenue of of enjoyable weaknesses or indulgences or pecadillos. Wow. I like the word picadillo. It's just know. like a, I was I was
0: googling umbrage. So anyways, um, because
1: <laughs> that was that was the profe- the
0: mean professor from uh, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. All right. So to, to, to start. Th- so, OK, you take offense to or I'm sorry, offense, no, no, no. annoyance or displeasure to the word sure. guilty pleasure. But I
1: don't I don't think anybody should be feel guilty about what they like. Everybody likes different things. What I like or think is really, really good. Say, uh, you know. Mad Max, Fury, Mad Max Fury Road, which I think yeah. is a top top five action movie of all time, and you fell asleep three times while watching it. I'm yes, not going to feel guilty about my love for that movie or for oh. my love for John Wick or any of those where you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Everybody has their own thing. Be proud of that. So Okay. Well, you can't shoot down the idea <laughs> of the podcast
0: at I, the beginning no. of the podcast, so I'm just, for the audience out there, sure. guilty pleasure for the purposes, whatever. You can plug For your lack ears.
1: of a better term. <laughs> for lack of a
0: better Something term. Something such as a movie, television <laughs> program, or piece of music that one enjoys despite feeling that is not generally held in high regard. By who? <laughs> exactly. Which is not. That's so this my... would be, Con Air is a great example. Great sure. cast. Right, who, who directed
1: it? That was... Um, uh, it's Tony Scott, I think. Um, no, or I'll put a dollar went... dollar bet on that. Dollar bet on Tony Scott. Tony Scott, I think. All right, it was directed by Simon West. Oh, Simon West. And he did r- the written flight... by Scott Rosenberg. Flight of the Phoenix. What the hell was I? There's another one on my list somewhere. That's All right. whatever. All right. All right, that's a dollar. That's so a dollar I think you're up th- That's a you're dollar up th- to Steve. I'm, I'm up three. Here. All right, a, so three. and now I have a timely one,
0: and unfortunately, this is going to get um, I'm going to get a little emotional here. Okay. Um, so when we talk about, I'm going to go first, and, I, and what I would I, I thought we would do this time uh, instead of me going through my six or whatever, is we will ping pong. Okay, right. So um, I will say one, you will say one, we'll go from there. So and, and again, timeliness being what it is, tops of my list. Um, probably, uh, and I think we've talked about this in other podcasts. I think if not, uh, we'll talk about it here. Um, is the movie privatize,
1: right? <laughs> so,
0: and I say it's timely because Tim Conway passed away today at the age yes, of 85. He yes, um, he, he paid, uh, he played Dr. Tart <laughs> to, um, Don Knotts uh, professor. Um, Oh
1: God, what's the name? Uh, uh, I, I don't, uh, every time. You, I, yeah. When I, I when forget. You, uh, Every time I hear Inspector T- Winship, yeah, Doctor D- Tart, Don Don Knotts is just Mr. Chicken for me. I don't know why. Like, it's just always remember Miss Mr. Ch- remember the the Ghost of Mr. Chicken.
0: Oh yeah, the, yeah, old, I mean...
1: the old Don Knotts movie. But that's Steve. You and Dad love Dorf and, and introduced oh, me to Tim Conway. It's yeah. such a like I I you you brought up the the movie Private Eyes. To me the other day thinking I didn't remember it. And Steve, I clearly, when he throws the homing pigeon <laughs> through the pane of glass and it falls on the ground and it's flipping around, and Tim Conway and Don Knotts just look at each other and Don Knotts just goes, I don't think that message is gonna get there. And it's just flipping. I still like will make me laugh to this there day. There is so
0: many and and, it, and it's a well like it's it's shot like it's a timely film. It was it, sure. it, it came out in nineteen is This is yeah. another 1981. Um, yeah,
1: I would say our late 70s, early 80s. 1980. It's it was a... 1980.
0: It's like six and a half stars on IMDb, yeah. um, but it's it's a fun movie. <laughs> it's it spoofs, funny. It spoofs yeah. like it spoofs Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Like like but, at the beginning, like they're sucking the <laughs> they're sucking <laughs> the gas out of the thing, and he ends up with oil. <laughs> or no, he takes a funnel. To yeah. talk to the deaf guy, and he puts it up to his mouth, and he ends up that's with right. oil. <laughs> and then the on. guy comes out. And he's like, "There's stuff all over your face." Like yeah. it's just gag after gag, and and the chemistry between uh, Don Knotts and Tim Conway is pretty awesome. And so the and movie's it's, just fun. It just it's it, it's fun, and it's fun. it's
1: clean. I isn't it PG? Like that's that's so hard to do to make a, a very very funny movie. Without going to those those dark, hard R, crass yeah. places, and and they did it perfectly. Like Tim Conway and Don Knotts, to me are up there with Laurel and Hardy as those that comedic tandem that I remember more than I do anything else. And that's Steve. I remember the W C Fields video that we had, and I had no idea who W C Fields was at the time. Mm. So I was like. 8 or 9 maybe and I popped into the VCR and watched an entire hour of WC Fields <laughs> with dad with dad and it was Name another nine or ten year old that ever even knew who W. C. Fields was, and then when I moved to Philly, like he's from he's from this area, so there's all this stuff. Of it I was like, oh, W. C. Fields, and they're like, why do you know who he is? How old are you? I'm like, I'm an old soul. It's <laughs> not <laughs> the years; it's the miles, man. Right, so, right. So, and then they had
0: so Conway and not so Private Eyes tops of my list. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's really <laughs> hard to find. It's really hard to find. I have it on DVD. I have the movie poster framed. And, and I can tell a lot about people, like two people that I hold in very high regard without being prompted both said that Private Eyes was their um, – uh, one of their favorite movies. And they're the only other two people in the world that I've met that have actually um, seen it and, and unprompted brought up Private Eyes. So, um not everybody's yeah. seen it it's a lot it's a lot of fun um, it's just it's a good movie it's 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 my guilty pleasure and you know Rip Tim Godway he gave us some great comedy through the years and you're right clean comedy good guy yep. there was a great uh, and I'll, I'll post this on our Twitter um,
1: will, oh, you? will you will you actually post anything that you say you're going to post on Twitter on Twitter maybe <laughs> um, I will I try to so the um
0: <laughs> The woman she was an older woman that starred in I think it was the Carol Burnett show where she played or she played an older woman. Anyway, she, she had a beautiful tweet about Tim Conway, about how funny he was without being on all the time and how much of a gentleman he was and that there was nothing to besmirch his reputation. It was just it was just a beautiful tweet and, and you would Vicky, recognize her if you saw her.
1: Vicki Lawrence? No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, no! Oh God, I'll tell I you don't. who it was if you really want to know. Um, I don't. I don't really want to know. I, I don't really care. I just the 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 sequence that I saw making the rounds is Carol Burnett talking. You know how hard it is to make Carol Burnett crack up in front of other people when she's usually the one doing it. And she said Tim Conway by far was the person that made her break character and laugh. When they were rolling cameras more than any other person that she worked with, and that's saying a ton because it's Carol Burnett. Okay. But yeah. So wait. All right. So if we're bouncing, are we done with Private Eyes? Are we? <sighs> yeah. Actually, I, mean, I gotta find
0: uh, that woman because you would you would totally recognize her.
1: Bernadette Peters. No. Mel Torme. <laughs> wait, the Pointer Sisters were on the show. Probably yeah six episodes man there was a ton of people on i see i'm not going through this cast list man it was on it was on for thirteen seasons, and that's back when they used to run like thirty episodes a season holy cow yeah i'm not I'm not looking through that that's way too much, but so all right, so you want to bounce. Guilty pleasures off each other. Am I supposed to match it in tone, or am I just supposed to kind of no, host? no, just
0: uh, that was timely. But it's again, it's it is my number one guilty pleasure. But you don't have to do your number one. You can do whatever right. you want.
1: Well, just in the same kind of old school kind of a mock send up. It was we we talked about it on the podcast, dude. Johnny dangerously. I put that on I caught it on I think it was mm. on MGM movies or something It was on some random And I turned it on And I turned Right at the moment When He tells the guy it, it, when Michael Keaton turns He goes Yeah my name is Johnny Dangerously And he just turns He goes Do you know your last name's an adverb <laughs> <laughs> And he just It it, it made me laugh, so I looked it up, and, dude, it was wrote and directed by Amy Heckerling, and I don't know if you'll know the name, but she directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. She wrote Clueless, and she wrote uh, Look Who's Talking. So, like, she's worked on a ton (laughs) of stuff, and, like, you see that, and, like, I remember Joe Piscopo from Saturday Night Live, and I remember Joe Piscopo from that, that movie with John Ritter. What was it, Real Guys or Real Men? Do you remember what, Real Men they, was? Um, the, yeah, it was John Ritter and um, the Joe, uh, Belushi, Joe,
0: Jim Belushi. What was the one with Joe Piscopo? I have no idea. Uh, I don't remember either. the one where John Ritter would shoot like they wouldn't give him a real gun, so they told him to shoot with his hand. Show, yeah, where you that's got to be a room? guilty pleasure. Sure, that's just not on enough to be like watch it. I have it on tape somewhere, but yeah, that's yeah, a good one. I, I have um, real. It's said. called Real Men. Real Men. The best yeah, line that, in that movie. The, the best line in that movie is Jim Belushi. John was like, "You smoke?" He's like, "I'm trying to cut down.
1: I only smoke after sex. I'm down <sighs> to a pack a day. A pack <laughs> a day." Oh, De- Dennis Feldman, the guy that wrote and directed *The Golden Child*. *Golden Child* is another guilty pleasure. That's back back when Eddie Murphy was still funny. Eddie Murphy. Oh my gosh, Gold- yeah! I want the knife, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. So, like, we could just bounce back and forth with me just saying random movie quotes and trying to make you laugh. But I put Johnny Dangerously on there. But All right, that... time out. Sorry, I finally found it. Ruth Buzzy.
0: Okay, you, you need to look her up. But that's that. That's who had the, the quote. You oh, I was. Her. She was on. She was on. <laughs> she was on Rowan and Martin's Laugh In. Not the. Uh...
1: Not the Carol Burnett show.
0: I don't think so. She's done everything you recognize her. She was in the Adams Family TV series.
1: Oh, uh, Okay. She, she was yeah. In I know who she is. Yeah. Pound. I she know. was in
0: Pound Puppies.
1: She was on Love yeah. Boat. Oh man, I was way off. Joe Piscopo was in the one called Dead Heat. Do you remember that yeah. one where they were they were cops that got brought back the dead from the dead to catch ghost criminals? Oh man, that movie's terrible. <laughs> I can't even put it. I can't even put it on a guilty pleasure list. Ugh. Right. I had yeah, Derek McAvins in it, though. And Vincent Price. What? What the hell's right. Vincent Price doing in this? Slop. Yeah, man. People, working yeah. actors. You had to work. But so <laughs> I bring it up at the beginning. Like, Con Air is in that whole sequence. But I say Con Air, and I would put Con Air and Face Off as the guilty pleasures of those Nicolas Cage what, mid-'90s action fests. But yeah. then. But then you have The Rock. You can't tell me The Rock's a guilty pleasure because that movie's friggin' great. Sean Connery chewing. Oh up yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's a decent movie. Like that's. Just, but that's, that's Michael just Bay. An, Michael that's Bay. It's an makes above sh- average movie. It's not great, but it's not
1: awful. But dude, Ed, Ed Harris is great. Yeah. Sean, Sean Connery is. I still, dude. There's times where I still quote it. Yo, best. <laughs> Losers always talk about the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's- so the,
0: So your idea like so this is where we're going to start to differ, right? So I I go private eyes, movie that many people have heard of um sure. and 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 you and you go Johnny Dangerously, which again, not many people have heard of. But yeah, I, so that definitely qualifies. Um Con Air Face Off like Face Off, with, I don't think that was not a good movie. And I don't it could be a guilty pleasure not on my list. So I'm going sure. to I'm going to go to my next one which Again, probably not a lot of people have seen, but I will highly recommend it just so you can decide if this is gonna be one of your guilty pleasures. In the movie nineteen ninety repossessed. <laughs> right? So it's it's Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair, Linda Blair, who was in the original Exorcist, spoof the Exorcist in a very Leslie Nielsen yeah. naked gun airplane type of way. Sure, where he plays Father May I?
1: Father May I? Which turns <laughs> yes, in, you her, may. She turn, turns, her, <laughs> t- turns into the ice cream cone. Lick me, lick me, lick <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting in... so they have a they have a
0: they, oh just spoilers whatever they but get spo- into this. The, it's a thirty f- five year old movie,
1: Steve. Yeah, yeah. but
0: and it's hilarious because they get it, it, it just it's it it takes a lot of that naked gun. Leslie Nielsen humor and just some of it goes over the top. So it's the idea is this girl's possessed and they're going to do a thing called exorcism tonight. So they're going to do like a TV show where father may I, they're going to exercise the demon out of the little girl, but they do it over the top on television and they get mean Gene Oakland and Jesse Ventura (laughs) to be the announcers. (laughs) But the best line from that movie is (laughs) mean. Gene looks at Jesse and says, Steroids aren't used in wrestling anymore
1: And Jesse goes Or any less (laughs) (laughs) And that that guy was the governor Was he the governor of Minnesota Minnesota. Yeah yeah. So Oh my god That that is
0: Like he It's one of those where he falls down the stairs And it goes on in an abnormal amount of time Like You know Like For like a minute He just keeps And they keep playing the same clip Of him falling down the stairs So it looks like he's falling down Like a hundred flights of stairs
1: well, yeah, that's that's the, well, it's a, that, the infamous Georgetown steps. Like those are ridiculously long for even Georgetown. Like people always make fun of the steps because people still go there. It's like a tourist attraction. I'm not ashamed to admit that I went and took my picture sitting on those steps when I went down to Georgetown the one time. But <laughs> yeah, if it, if you don't like Leslie Nielsen, then you don't have the same taste that we do.
0: Right, but that again, guilty pleasure. You're never gonna put. I'm never gonna put that on. Like you know. Desert island, gotta have it. Sure. Man, if it's on, I will sit there and watch it. There's a scene where the the Venetian blinds are causing a shadow across Leslie Nielsen, and then he moves, and the the shadow
1: stays on him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like it's just dumb stuff. Anyways, yeah. what's your next one?
1: Uh, if we're going along those same lines, dude can't hardly wait. There's a there's a whole sequence of those like mid '90s. Uh, high school comedies that always make me laugh. And Can't Hardly Waits, one of those ones that I don't know w- what it was. I don't know if it came out right when I was graduating, too. So I kind of sympathized, even though everybody that was in that movie was playing like, yeah, 1998. So it was right after I graduated from, from high school. But I don't know. The Seth Green's characters cracks me <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, Ethan Embry was the soft-spoken nerd who loved Kurt Vonnegut that got the girl. Like it, it was things yeah. I just I sympathized with, and there's just so many little one-liners in the background that if you're if you're listening or if you've seen it a bunch of times, that will absolutely crack you up if you hear it. But most of the time, they're just like throwaway jokes, and so I, I, it's one of those ones that I still I own on VHS and on DVD. <laughs> <I> was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I-
0: and I wouldn't argue with that. I would sit there and watch it. it was, I like that movie, right? Sure. I mean, it's it, it's fun. It's a yeah. fun movie. It's like an updated Weird Science a little bit. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Not Weird Science. Sixteen Candles. 16 like, Can- where it's all like it leads up to this big house party and it's like yeah. graduation or, or whatever. And, and kind of a coming of age movie. And you have all these different types. You've got the nerds and the jocks and, and hmm. all that stuff. But
1: it, it's a fun movie. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I don't apologize for my love for that movie. And I don't no. apologize for the fact that I can recite most of the script. <laughs> I don't, I'm not right. going to feel guilty about it.
0: And that. I, w- I would argue that it gets a little bit of street cred because of the, the references. He's not only like reads Kurt Vonnegut, he's going to, isn't he going to? He's going like, to work
1: with him. He's that's his fresh his well, the summer session before he actually well, starts he's go college. Go hear him speak or something. Yeah. No, he's going. He's he's working. He's going to a writing workshop with Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, that's what just, it is. Yeah, yeah. And he just goes. He's kind of my hero. And then of course the cheesy, the cheesy. He stays for the girl. And and the, when Jenna Elfman shows up as the stripper whose car breaks down <laughs> and, and, and gives her like the heart to heart when. She tells him the story about Scott Baio. It's, just, it's so yeah, good. It's and good. It's, yeah. it's just and it's timely for me. Like I said, it, it that was my freshman year of college. I had a lot of things go wrong my freshman year of college. So that was movies were kind of my outlet. Well, that alcohol, but <laughs> the, it was it was one of those things that anytime I needed just two hours to not or an hour and forty three minutes or whatever it is, it, just to escape and not worry about what was going on, I would put it on. So. Wait, what, yeah. your freshman year of college was what? What year? 1998. It oh, was 90, holy crap. 97, 98. I graduated in May of 97 from prep and then started at Penn State that fall. And then I took the five year, the five years to graduate with a media studies degree that's really benefited me later. Right. Later. How's that working? <laughs> it's great. I can, I can really wax intellectually about random stupid movies for an hour and a half every week, but it doesn't really benefit me financially. I'm really, I'm really good at trivia. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do
0: my next one. Um, right. oh, I'm torn between which of these. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, I've got two. I'm going to go. Flash Gordon.
1: Is that a guilty pleasure, Steve? That movie's great. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> have you gone back to watch it? It I have, does not hold up. Yes, it, it does. does. I, I beg, I beg to differ. I, dude, I turned it on. Aaron had never seen it before, so I remember it, it was right when we first started it may have been when we first got married and we put it on, it was, we were laying on the couch and we just wanted to put something on. I was like, have you ever seen Flash Gordon? And she was like, no, I haven't. It. And it starts off super cheesy with, dude, Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless, that voice and his <laughs> laugh is so good. And then, I obviously, Sam Jones is, wasn't the greatest actor in the world, but it was that perfect level of cheese space yeah. opera with the great soundtrack and I'm trying to remember who played the leader of the Hawkman. He's got such a great name. I don't even want to look it up because I think it's gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna remember it. But the, the the guy that he he's a classically trained like Shakespearean actor who's been in a ton of movies. But he did this this ridiculous space opera. But there that shortly after Star well, Wars. I think Timothy Dalton was in it too, right? Timothy Dalton as as Prince Volton. No, he was Prince Baron. Prince Bolton was Brian Blessed, which was Brian, the guy Brian Blessed. Blessed, yes. Yeah, Brian Blessed. Of, right? That's the guy who I'm thinking of, yeah. And Dale. Who was, who was her? What was um, her name? Melody Anderson. Yeah, they liked her. Go, Flash, go. <laughs> that,
0: that was improvised. Most of that movie was improvised.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Just but you can't tell me that when he gets in front of her and he introduces himself, he just goes, "Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets." That's you know? <laughs> like, that's just great.
0: I know, but I, I would I would still argue it's a guilty pleasure. All right, go. You want my if you don't if you're not going to give that one as a guilty pleasure, I can give you another one.
1: Yeah, well, you can. It's on my list. That that it was on my list with a question mark. And right. it, again, it's it's it just has to do with how much we watched it. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. probably people that have never even seen it or saw it once and hated it. But we had it on the VHS collection, and and selections were small. Like we didn't we had a decent amount of movies. Like we t- we recorded a bunch off of HBO. I remember taping them off of like TNT and all those broadcast yeah, yeah. channels when they would run them. But you had to find the ones that you liked, and it was either, it was better that than, you know, Goodbye Girl or Splash again. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Splash, okay. <laughs> All right, you go. All right, so <laughs> I, I, this, I'm going to put this whole series on there just because I think they're dumb, mindless fun once they stop trying to be... Dude, the Final Destination movies. I love, not love, I, I, I have watched all of them repeatedly. Just once they get to the point where, like, all right, what's going to be the most gruesome Rube Goldberg machine that we can design and create the most spectacular deaths? The, it, it started in the second one with the guy, the, the kid getting crushed by the pane of glass, and he basically turns into just a puddle. It's like it's not a heavy enough pane of glass to actually do it to him in real life. Like he would be severely injured and probably killed. But the way that they do it, and I remember the first time I watched it, we like it was on VHS, and we or it may have been on DVD. So we paused it and went frame by frame, and the special effects were so good that you couldn't see where the actual actor stopped and the the bag <laughs> the of blood, began. the bag no, the bag of blood that they used to to stand in for it, but. That those you start wa- it it affected the way I watched or I walked into situations, like I would start looking like all right, well, if that falls over and falls into that space heater and the space heater gets pushed up against that, and then I'm gonna be trapped in here like I'm not standing here. I would always stand with like near the door but that <laughs> but the entire series is entertaining it it's I don't think go, I've
0: ever seen any of them
1: any of them why of don't them. the first one it's all about they they cheat death and then death uh, comes oh, cr- I might have it, seen the first one then yeah and then or like the kid trips and he like hangs himself by a shower curtain because death turned the water on or something like that and tony todd plays like the candy man <laughs> play the candy man himself plays like the morgue or the 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 morgue the mortician or the the coroner for the the city and he explains that death always comes and you might be able to cheat it once, and it, but it always comes back. So these people that avoid major catastrophes, the, the next few weeks afterwards, get, death just comes for them. So it's all these elaborate—you know what a Rube Goldberg machine is, yeah, right? Yeah, Save yeah, work. yeah. But it's all stuff like that. So it's like she accidentally knocks something over that hits the windowsill, which turns the window or turns the the fan on which then pushes the pen off the top of the bookshelf which falls <laughs> right. onto the Roomba and turns the Roomba on which hits the cutting board which drops the knife onto her foot and then when she falls up they're hysterical but they're awesome to watch because you have to like figure it out as you're going like oh, I'm not going anywhere near that knife with that open container of lighter fluid right there just, <laughs> right. They're, they're good but they're like when you start talking about best horror movies of all time, I'm not putting them anywhere near the list, but right, I've right. seen them enough times that if they're on, you you end up, well, I end up watching them. So right. that's an entire series. I think there's six of those, and I think there's another one coming out. And like each one, the first one they try to be like a straight up horror movie. And the the sequences are at least believable. But then once they hit, like, two, three, and then it just gets ridiculous. Like, there's a huge NASCAR crash in one where, like, <laughs> the tire goes bouncing through the specifically designed barricade fence to stop that and, like, slaughters, like, 45 people. But the kid that it was going after, he misses. And so he goes outside, and then, like, there's an explosion, and it launches the tire like a hundred feet in the air and then he's like oh i made it and he walks outside and he gets crushed by the tire that's falling down from the sky it's dude it's you'll laugh when you watch them they're not uh, unless you find that kind of thing truly horrifying but i don't because (laughs) that didn't really happen so right all right so i've got some more here um
0: i'm on the fence on whether this is a guilty pleasure or whether it's just something i I, that i just really like so i'm just so Crush Groove, <laughs>
1: sure. That's Simple. not a
0: guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, yeah. no. I, yeah, I, I was on the fence. I was like, have many people seen it?" Well, I was just talking about it. when I was in Pittsburgh for a couple weeks ago with Mike Bennett, sure. um, and we were reminiscing about when uh, they were on tour and they came through Winchester, and we we sat up and having beer. If you watch Crush because I used to have it on videotape. Um, so yeah. guilty pleasure, fun movie. You know, and I, I guess the most ironic thing is it's about it's all about the beginning of Def Jam, right? Yeah. It's kind of a, it's loosely based on the – I mean, it's based on the events. Sure. But everybody plays himself except for Russell Simmons, who he gets mm-hmm. Blair Underwood to
1: play. Rick mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rubin plays himself. The Beastie Boys play themselves. Yeah. LL with Cool J's in it. The rest of Rundium, you know, they're all in it except for Russell Simmons. He, you know, Rundium sees it Russell Simmons plays that- – uh,
1: See that can't be that can't be a guilty pleasure just due to the cu- cultural significance of it. You know, yeah, it, that's a historical like that's important. The beginning of Def Jam is important to yeah. the, the the establishment of hip hop as much as well not as much as N W A and Public Enemy, but right. just as a record label and then what it turned into with the Def Jam Comedy Hour and. You know, all of the, the variety shows that ended up being. And then Russell Simmons became one of the largest, if not one of top three, yeah. top five music producers in the entire country. Mm-hmm. So And Rick
0: Rubin. I mean, he went oh, on yeah, to do, yeah.
1: you know, he would, did Deaf American
0: and then just became American. He put out some Johnny Cash's best stuff at the end yeah. of his life. Like, he did Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, he did. He went on to produce all sorts of genres of movies and music. Yeah. So, anyways... All right, so I'll I'll kind of take Crush Groove off the list and just say it's sure. a it's a it's a good movie that I like to go to every now and then. All
1: sure. Right. Well, that's that's what I mean, Steve. Like any of these that we bring up, we can make arguments for and against being well, I guilty think my pleasures. Next, my
0: next two, most people can make arguments against. Sure. But go
1: ahead. Okay, so I'm a I'm a sucker for a big monster movie, so I have a whole series of Lake Placid. Deep blue sea tremors, anaconda, and then like I don't like the deliberately cheesy ones that sci-fi does. Like the I refused to watch any of that Sharknado or oh right I, yeah yeah any of those ones that like once you start trying to deliberately be camp, then it it becomes patronizing. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's uh, it, oh yeah they're like
0: how how far out there can we go with it? Oh sure we're gonna get a sharks caught in a tornado and like all
1: right where where you watch other movies that don't try to be that but end up in that vein, that's when the earnestness of the, the filmmakers comes through. Like, these people might not have the budget, but they're set out to make something that they want to make, and they're, and they're not going to compromise due to special effects or budgets or any of those things, which you, you I respect to a certain extent, where Sharknado's got a budget... I don't know. I I I would hazard a guess probably in the 20-25 million dollar range, even probably more than that. Like that's not camp. Try to make right. that say, try to make that same movie on like a a 2 million or a million dollar budget and see what it looks like. And then it might have that hokey the first honest, one
0: was the first one had a 2 million dollar budget.
1: 2 million dollar budget. And okay, and it wasn't very good and then it became that cultural zeitgeist of people jumping on board like Snakes on a Plane like Snakes on a Plane is a terrible movie but it had a great trailer and it had a great, like the whole build up to it. I think the idea was is write the weirdest horror movie I think it was a screenwriting contest or that script won it but then you watch the movie and it was stupid like it wasn't even, like it wasn't scary it wasn't scary enough to be scary it wasn't funny enough to be funny, so I don't know I have, I, but I have a whole series of those giant monster movies there's a movie called deep rising with treat williams which i think if they did now would be awesome but it suffered because their star was treat williams and their special effects budget just wasn't enough it was kind of (laughs) like it was kind of like they brought this monster up from the deep and it was kind of like the thing in the ocean Kind of where it was like, do you think it's like a shape-shifting alien, but it's just basically this big, scary blob. But then when you see it, like they do a good job because it's the Jaws. They didn't have enough money and the, the model itself wasn't very good. So they showed it in shadows and you didn't really see it. You just heard it. But then when they finally show it at the end, you're like, oh, that's why they didn't show it. But <laughs> Right. I, I so like, it's
0: it's the it, a legitimate swing and a miss, right? Sure. Versus the... Sharknado which is a right. hey we're not even going to take this too seriously yeah everybody's well, can... kind of ha ha, like tongue in cheek
1: yeah I don't don't wink at me if you're if right. you're going to make yeah, yeah. something like that don't wink and then point out how ridiculous it is just try to make a good movie and if it if it slips and falls that's okay because you can tell the intent is there right so but
0: all right I'm going I'm I'm moving to TV shows now oh all right so, and, and I, and I, this is one of those, like, if I, I know you don't believe in guilt and all this stuff, but it's the, <laughs> I can't look away from this show and I don't know, I was, it's, I'm six seasons in or whatever to the show and I watch it and every time I leave it, I'm disappointed with myself for watching it, but like, I will go out of my way to make sure I watch it. <laughs> like, I, it's like kicking myself in the face. The, the Curse of Oak Island. Are you familiar <laughs> with the Curse of Oak Island? It's like the top show on the History Channel or something. I am. Right? Which...
1: I, am. I, I didn't get sucked into it. Jen, I believe, got sucked into it and, and tried to turn me onto it. And I watched a couple episodes of it. And it's, yeah, I can see how you could get caught up in it. Sure.
0: It, the, so there's an island off the coast of Nova Scotia. That at one point, people found some treasure and a lot of people over like hundreds of years have have done stuff there. So it's not like looking. It's a little like looking for Jimmy Hoffa or looking uh, uh, at Al, Al Capone's vault, the thing that Geraldo did. Like, hey, look, they're gonna build up with suspense. And there's nothing. In like, it. It's a reality show where they're like they're they're digging up and they're finding some stuff.
1: Steve, okay. What? <laughs> I'm, gonna, what? I'm gonna let me spoiler alert, Steve. You know that's not real. What even the stuff they find isn't real. Oh, I'm sure. It's all I'm sure they're it. planting not, stuff yes. in there, or 100. That's you sure? It. That's that's got to be some. I will bet. I will bet you good money that that is a shaped narrative. Like no, they but ha-
0: that, but it goes all the way back. Like it goes back 100 years. Like there is legitimate. Like there's sure. people that have there. There's people that are upset. Like if you go on the Oak Island Reddit, there are people. <laughs> no,
1: that I are. Will,
0: legi- I will. <laughs> There are people that legitimately think this show. Is doing a disservice to the actual Curse of Oak Island. Like it, it, the Curse of Oak Island existed, and these and these brothers was based on a Reader's Digest article that was written in the seventies or eighties that talked about a story that happened in the late eighteen hundreds. Like that, all is real. I I, I it, agree with it, you. Is that the way they're shifting and the way they're crafting some of this story is 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 not it is not legit. I'm sure they show stuff out of order. Um, there's all this stuff, but. I don't. This any... didn't come. This didn't come out of nowhere. And be like, hey, we found this island. We're going to go dig. It is based on you know a two hundred year old legend. Legend. No, do I mean, you, but the actual do you, do you fact. Trust... Like, there's news. There's newspapers. There's, there, there is. There. There is. There is. There is history behind it. That's why it's on the History Channel, and it's not on like Bravo. <laughs>
1: Really? Like You've seen some of the stuff that History Channel puts out besides Are that. Are you attacking like, my guilty pleasure? I'm not. No, Steve, I'm just simply just trying to inform you the fact that that is all made up. Like The, uh, curse, of Oak, I, the, the curse itself it might not. be a real thing. Yes, it is. It's, I, not I will all,
0: it's not all. All is an inclusive word that means everything. I think what you're trying to say is that on the show, that a lot of the stuff that they have on there is made up which I, ne- I could agree week? that the narrative on that is made up. The premise You're... is not made up. Did you Everything... ever watch
1: American Pickers? Yes. You, re- you really think they find that stuff? Some of it. No, they don't. Come Steve, on. Come, Steve, really? Like the the guy from Storage Wars come came out a few years ago when they kicked him off the show and told him, like they tell them before they go into these auctions that they've hid something of value in one of these storage units. That's the only way they, they all they do is they they do it to create tension. That's oh right, all. yeah, well, I believe. But, that, but, but now you're comparing Storage Wars <laughs> to the Curse of Oak Island. No, I, I'm comparing Curse of Oak Island to all other reality television shows. Mm. Like yeah. that. That's and now just they the have it, like yeah. it, it's doing so well that now they have offs.
0: The Curse of what is it? The Curse of Civil War Gold or something? Yeah. Where Marty, the one brother, is the, yeah. now they're in Lake Michigan looking for sunken treasure. Yeah. Anyways.
1: Yeah. It's... Guilty pleasure. Sure, Watch it.
0: No, I... Feel dirty, have to take a shower after watching
1: it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Right. So there right. there's a whole series of late eighties action movies that you can all lump together to Roadhouse, Point Blank, or Point Break, uh Tango and Cash, Demolition Man. Like all of those you can lump together. Tango no, and can. Cash
0: You cannot put point break in there. Can't take it out. Why? That roadhouse they can stand alone as squeezy movies. They can. They can. But, but they're more why? than guilty
1: pleasures. Boy Break is not a good movie. It's not. It, it it's we love it. I I'm not telling you I don't love the movie, but if you would try to tell me that that is a narratively objectively good film, you're out of your mind. Because you show it to anybody else that that doesn't like those kind of movies and they're just going to laugh at you <laughs> like Aaron laughs at me every time I turn Roadhouse on she's like you really you're watching Roadhouse again and I'm like yeah he's about he's about to get in the bar fight he's about to just boot, be, be nice yeah just boot <laughs> right right boot but that's Steve that's what I mean like I, I don't I will never apologize for that and I know a lot of my film nerd friends that are unabashed about their love for those movies but yeah Tango and cash is that a good movie I don't know, uh, you know Pro- probably, that, that's probably not you but I would
0: I would put Point Break in, in Roadhouse in a above average movie category that has they still have a life like people are still talking sure. about it. nobody's that's talking fair. about like nobody's putting Tango and Cash on TNT in rotation people are putting Roadhouse on people are putting Point Break on
1: Tango and Cash is still really good though it's yeah. Kurt Russell Kurt Russell is great did you say Demolition Man too? yeah I'll argue with that that that's a better movie than Point Break is. Ugh. Demolition Man's a great movie. Great uh-huh. Uh-huh. great movie. Best back Wesley's I I love movies that have villains that are just enjoying themselves being evil. I don't need to have okay. I don't need to have that subversive motivation. I don't need to them have a a flawed childhood. I just think Simon Phoenix in Demolition Man just wants to blow stuff up. And just enjoys himself as he does it. Like I have no I have no qualms whatsoever with that movie. Alright. But did you know that Patrick Swayze was originally cast as Ray Tango in Tango and Cash and then dropped out to be in Roadhouse? No, well there you go. <laughs> and then all, all is right in the universe. Kurt Kurt Russell was originally was originally cast as Martin Riggs and dropped out. To play Ray Tango. <laughs> Whoops! Nice. Sorry, sorry, Kurt Russell. That that was one of your poorer choices. I, although, how how different does is, is Lethal Weapon with Kurt Russell in that role versus Mel Gibson? Because Mel Gibson is fantastic in that movie. All right, you want to bring this full
0: circle? I believe sure. Kurt Russell was cast in the the uh, um, Sam Jones role in Flash Gordon. And dropped out.
1: I believe believe that. I don't know how. I would love to find out or know the story about how Sam Jones ended up with that role. Because you do like, Max von Sydow, even at that time, Max von Sydow was still an established actor. And Timothy Dalton was an established actor. And Brian Blessed was an established actor. Mm. And, I mean, that's a pretty decent cast. And then your leading man is... Sam Jones? I, did he, <laughs> has he done anything? Like, obviously, don't bring up whatever that Mark Wahlberg movie is. What was it Ted Two? He had a huge role. Oh my god, that was hilarious! Uh,
0: no, yeah. Uh, so yeah, according to if you again, if you believe IMDb, Kurt Russell was offered the 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 lead in Flash Gordon and he turned it down because he thought the character lacked personality.
1: Dude, he's not wrong. That's <laughs> <what> the, <laughs> Sam Jones also lacks personality, but. He did do a lot of stuff. He's the, been working pretty consistently since that movie. But the other, the other
0: fun fact about Flash Gordon, again according to IMDb, is George Lucas loved like the Universal Flash the Flash Gordon serials, and he wanted mm-hmm. to make the movie. But the uh, Fellini Fe, Fe, Federico, Federico Fellini
1: was op, He had optioned
0: the rights already. So then Lucas wrote Star Wars. Yeah.
1: So, that makes sense. hey, like I said, it all works out. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, Lucas also, that's a lot of... Uh, uh, who's the guy that directed Seven Samurai? Oh, that's this is going to violate all of my nerd credibility. Oh, boy. Who directed Seven Samurai? Oh, man. That's, type it in. I can't. I got to type in the word seventh. That makes that's going to kill me. But it's all it's based off all the Samurai, uh, Samurai movies of back then. Uh, Did it really took you that long. It's Kurosawa. Jeez. Oh, Kira yeah. Kurosawa. Man. I, yeah. Sorry for all my list. Uh, the list, yeah. the four listeners that actually thought I knew something about movie history. Yeah. Well, now there's three. Okay. Yeah. Bare all nice. right.
0: my, my, one of my last guilty pleasures here. Um, uh,
1: God, got... It's another one I, you know... It, <laughs> Spit it out, dude. Just admit it. It's all right. We're all Charles friends here. Ch- Charles in Charge. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. This is <laughs> sole, solely due to the fact that Scott is a piece of human garbage now. Nope. Oh, sorry. But,
0: okay, it's not like I watch it now, but at the time... Well, at the time, sure. Charles sure. in
1: Charge. Like,
0: I don't know why. It was like, I couldn't... It was another one of these, and maybe this is more like... like train wreck shows where you can't look away. Can't, well, no, it's a guilty pleasure. It is. It's truly sure. a guilty pleasure. I used to watch it. More for Buddy, like the guy who played it, the guy from <laughs> the, it Is Enough. That, yeah. And he would always storm in and be like, Charles, Charles, I met these two stewardesses. Like, that was like happened every episode. Like, it, it was always something going on and it was... Okay. Uh, well,
1: yeah. if you want something along those lines for me, then dude, i was infatuated with saved by the bell like infatuated like i thought i wanted to be zach morris and then you get older and i don't know if you ever saw the Funnier or die series steve called zach morris's trash where it basically just it takes each episode of saved by the bell that are supposed to be like these big episodes and it just shows you what a piece of crap like zach morris is like where he manipulated Slater into driving the the driver's ed car and then like framed him and then <laughs> faked like he had like brain injuries and stuff it was if you ever get a chance they're quick they're only I think maybe four minutes long and they do an mm-hmm. episode each and it just it just shows like what a complete sociopath zach morris was but at the time i thought he was like the coolest kid in the world and i'm like no nah, he's a horrible friend he's a friend's horrible screech. person yes. he exploits his friends constantly like uh, the the yeah. the one where he he took secret pictures of kelly jesse and lisa and then sold them in a calendar mm. like snuck into the girls locker room like dude i'm pretty sure that's a felony um yeah but yeah so that you look back at those now so sure Saved by the Bell is a guilty pleasure of mine, but yeah, I wouldn't expect you to feel bad about Charles in Charge. But I just, just want to state for the record that I don't particularly care for Scott Bayo and his form of politics or yeah, yeah. Public I, I, I agree with it. that. I agree with that. All right. What else you got? Oh man, yeah, I still got. A romancing the stone jewel of the nile oh god yeah i forgot about those yeah kathleen Turner's side boob and romancing the stone was the whole reason i started watching <laughs> that movie repeatedly <laughs> and then uh, you fall in love with what's this jack jack dalton is that uh, man i probably should have looked all this i just wrote down the names and then yeah, no. actually kathleen turner side boob he was uh, jack colton Oh, no, right, yeah. Jack, you were but close. They, Danny DeVito is great in it. Like those, those aren't great movies, but they're good. I, I watched them so many times when I was a kid. I had no, I had no idea that he was throwing giant pounds of marijuana on that campfire <laughs> and why they were laughing so hard afterwards because I was 12, to 11 right. and 12 years old. I had no idea, but that's a Robert Zemeckis movie. Yep,
0: like, they're fun. Those movies are fun. I, I'll yeah. give you that. That's that's a good. That's a good. I haven't watched those in forever. But those those no. one of those ones that used to be on all the time, like in all the early time. HBO. Yeah. Right? Because this was an eighty four. Like I felt like, you know, you can you turn on HBO and what yep. it was either Popeye or Romancing the
1: Stone. Uh, oh you talking about the Popeye the with, with Robert Williams with the creepy the, the creepy special effects forearms. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. So so frightening. <laughs> well, another one that falls on in that both that category of HBO, Beastmaster.
0: Oh, it's on my list. Yeah, like
1: Mark yeah. Singer, just Mark in a white cloth covered yep. with oil the entire time. You feel you you feel yep. for a couple ferrets. Those those bat people that just like dissolve people It's darn right creepy.
0: Yep, Beastmaster is on my list, and, and then the um, the neighbor mom from uh, that '70s show. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not. This gonna remember. is gonna be called like. Stump Chris's...
1: Uh... Yeah, this is going to be... Chris is having multiple brain farts and can't remember. That was 82? Wow. wow. Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. Yeah, you can put that up there. Rip but that's Torn. Right. So do you, would you consider the burbs a guilty pleasure? Nah. It's... Like it's... That's that's a great movie. No, I
0: think guilty pleasure like it's almost like it's almost bad. Like it's
1: almost sure. Okay,
0: it's not, but it's, it could be. Like well, there's, there's probably a, a good people. Oh, this is funny. Crawl shows up as oh, more, yeah. movies like Beastmaster. Crawl would be a guilty pleasure.
1: Crawl, crawl would be a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I sure wanted that. What was that? the what was the name of the the, the, the bladed? Yeah, the yeah. bladed throwing star. Oh man, I I actually I loved that movie. I did. I haven't watched it in a long time. But it's like Willow. I loved Willow. Mm, I loved Mad Mardigan, but it was... That's not a good movie. Like, if you're going to watch fantasy epics, like, I'm not putting Willow above a majority of those. I would put Excalibur above Willow. Excalibur's a great movie. It's a glaive. It's a glaive, that's right. Because Corellius Glaive 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 is the guy from Infinity War that fights with one of those on the end of his... Spear. Oh, nice. Uh, what else do I got? Bad Boys Two. Hmm. That's just, Bad Boys Two is one of my favorite action movies, but I don't consider that a guilty pleasure because I actually think that's that's a really good action movie that just happens to have too much action and not enough movie. Like it's just it's just all set pieces. Like there's not yeah. really a lot of character development. There's a little bit of it, but the rest of it's just car chases and things blowing up. One movie that I think is unfair was unfairly panned at the time but if you look back at it now it's actually kind of dude last action hero
0: last Mm. action hero
1: had made a lot of a lot of good commentary about people the the lines between media or pop culture and what you see on screen versus real life the the bleeding of the two where violence and shootings and destruction and things like that you become desensitized to it so and it's got Charles Dance in it. It's got Tywin Lan or yeah, Tywin Lannister, the the dad from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah Charles Dance is a fantastic actor, and he's great in that. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the height of being Arnold Schwarzenegger, so you can't fault. But bloodsport? <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, All right, well, so hold on. I've got, I've only got like I mean, Now I'm just naming a bunch of movies that I've seen a ton of, bring yeah, it on. Yeah,
0: and again, I don't I don't know if these would be guilty pleasures, because I, and most of these, you and I love these movies, right? Sure. So, are they our guilty pleasures? Do other people think they're guilty pleasures? I'm, but I, I got to give, Fletch, Fletch Lives.
1: <laughs> the first one. The second one is just, there's just a little bit of too much casual racism in the second one. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> I went back, and we we were, it was that when I first started dating Aaron, I asked her what her favorite comedy of all time was, and she said Fletch, and I said I will marry you one day, and that was like early in our relationship. So we sat down not too long ago, and we're like, all right, there was nothing on, and they were running the first one, and then the second one back to back. So we watched the first one, we laughed our asses off, and then we got to the second one, and I was like, holy shit, this is unbelievably <laughs> casually racist. I was like, man. The late eighties was—it's was a different time, but like Chevy Chase is great. The first—the yeah, first one is still infinitely quotable, and I will laugh anytime. Oh
0: my I, god, all the characters he does. And... I'll
1: take—I'll take a Bloody Mary, a steak sandwich, and a steak sandwich. Steak sandwich. <laughs> put, put it on an Underhill's account. And
0: and um, it's funny that I had the—I I probably still have it somewhere. The the cassette tape of the soundtrack.
1: Nope, I stole it. Did you really? I, I I shit you not. I was going through a a box of stuff that I haven't unloaded in a long time because I'm slowly building my studio in my basement that I've been talking about for a long time. But I want to pepper it with like weird tchotchkes and stuff. So I just have boxes of signs and posters and pictures and movies oh, nice. and weird stuff. And I was pulling it out, and yeah, I have the the cassette of Fletch, right soundtrack, right. which the the
0: the 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 song, the Fletch song. I use yeah. I have that cassette because when I did an audio class in college, like you still had to do tape and all that, and we <laughs> had to be able to mix voices and do voiceover work. We'd go into the studio, so my background music and like my all my music was the the theme from Fletch, who was written by.
1: Don't look it up. The theme from Fletch was written by I don't know John Williams. No, nope. <laughs> I don't know. Same as the guy who did Axel F. Uh, okay. I know I know both of the songs and I know both of them Harold Faltermeyer. I don't know who Harold is. Oh, okay. Is.
0: I mean, he, his claim to fame was he wrote Axel F from.
1: Um, Music is your thing, man. If it's uh, not, if it's not like John Williams, like hey Trent Reznor does movie soundtracks, like sure I'll okay scores, but nah. I don't really have that much. I guess. It, Hudson Hawk. I have a soft spot for that movie, and I don't know why, because that's a, that is an objectively not a good movie. But the, I always wanted to lift the – do you remember Hudson Hawk? The Danny Aiello, Bruce Willis movie where they play, like, cat burglars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they yeah, run yeah. across David DeCovny – or not David DeCovny. Who's the, the red-haired dude that was on CSI Miami? And, James Spader? No, NYPD. <laughs> that's a throwback joke. Yes, think. I got it. NYPD David David um, Caruso David Caruso plays like this weird I didn't look that up by the way I just remembered that. It's impressive. But oh, it's okay. it's so weird and it's really artsy kind of bizarre but they they do this thing where they time out their heist to music. And I always like the idea of that. So I always wanted to do a chase sequence like they timed or they have all this planned out where their turns are and stuff, and it, it each route is set to a song. So he gets in and he was like, "All right, what's what's the route's going to be the best one?" And he picks a song, and it just happens to correspond with like all the big drift turns and stuff. So he knows when the time cues are of of getting those turns, and that's all right. from from Hudson Hawk, which is that's literally the only thing I remember from that movie. Is I think they sing "When You Wish Upon a Star," and that's how they time out. All right, we need to get to. the the security alarm before the first refrain. And then we need to get past the security guards by the end of the second chorus. You know what I mean? Like that's how they time it out. So they don't have to talk while they're doing it. They both go opposite directions. And as long as you stay on beat, then you're both moving at the same time. Right. I I always like that, but it's not a good movie. So that's on there.
0: All right. This wasn't on my list, but it came up when I looked at Hudson Hawk and Bruce Willis was in it. And it said more movies like this is the whole nine yards the whole nine yards.
1: i i i love matthew perry matthew perry is, yes and he was it, good that was a good
0: like those were yeah. bruce willis is kind of the standoffish whatever yeah. anyway,
1: father-in-law and yeah that was good he's not a father-in-law he's the hitman that moves in next door man oh is that what it was yeah the oh, whole nine yards boy. is matthew perry's uh married to i think it's rosanna or yeah, Rosanna Arquette, and he's a miserable dentist. And then Jimmy the Tedesky, Tedeschi, uh, Bruce Willis's character moves oh, in right. next, That's moves right. in next door to him, and then they become friends. And then he realizes he's a serial killer or uh, a hitman. Hit and yeah. but then Amanda Peet's in it, who is absolutely adorable. And Michael Clark Duncan is Frankie Figs. Uh, I love that. Nice. That's one of those movies I've seen a lot, Yeah. a lot, a lot. Because I was a huge... Friends, I guess, would be a guilty pleasure of mine because yeah. everybody I know tells me that it's a terrible show, but I <laughs> I don't care. I love that show. And everybody that says that it's not, so what? So what? I like Friends. Yeah. I watch it a lot. I still send Friends gifs to... My friend Jay and I, we always <laughs> talked about... We, everybody always asked, like, you guys have a really weird relationship. So I was like, yeah, it's like we're Joey and Chandler, except there's two Chandlers. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody's like, wow, that's really funny. And that's what I used to always tell people. They're like, I can never tell how to read your text. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. And I was like, read it like Chandler Bing would read it. And they're like, why? And I was like, because that's the way I sound when I talk. And it's very, very sarcastic. So, but yeah. So. Well, that
0: was my, that was, we went through my whole list except for, for one. Do you have anything else on your list?
1: I have two ones that I've seen way too many times, and they're not... It's Pitch Perfect, which I still to this day love. I don't know. I love singing. I can't friggin' sing, and it's one of those things that really bothers me that I can't sing, but that and then Bring It On. I've seen Bring It On an unhealthy amount of of times, but that came out, I think, around 97, 98, too, so that was right around when I graduated from college, so it was okay, or right around... Graduated from high school, so All it was right. okay to look at those girls because they weren't young; they were old. They were my age. So, mm-hmm. but when Elijah Dushku comes out the first time and does her little dance in her cheerleading outfit, like I, I clearly still remember that in my brain. <laughs> like, I'm replaying it right now, and it's making me smile. Oh. But I mean, I still I do. Anytime it's cold in our house, I I go Burr. It's cold in here. <laughs> there must be some toros in the atmosphere. And that's all from okay. But then that leads in that in a not another teen movie. Do you remember that movie? The not another teen movie with Chris Evans and where they basically made fun of Can't Hardly Wait and she's just oh, not there yeah, too yeah, yeah. and all those. But that dude, that's what a Chris Evans, Captain America's like first movie, and he's hysterical in that. But it's not a good movie, and it 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 was one of those ones that ushered in the onslaught of parodies. Like that, and Scary Movie were kind of the reason that we got Scary Movie one through six and all those other crappy ones. <laughs> they that went on all like
0: way too far. Oh, it became a parody of itself, which was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but the first Scary Movie that's pretty funny. All right, so the last one on my list, and it's and it's more of a category. Um, it could be a particular show, but like. Muppets, like Muppets, sure. for me, are a guilty pleasure. I don't, maybe it's not a guilty pleasure. Maybe it's not a guilty pleasure. Maybe it's just something that uh, I like um, that maybe is under maybe underappreciated.
1: Sure. Well, it's so. just the like when when Jason Siegel did the reboot of it. It was really good, and it was really faithful to the old ones, but I don't just don't think the audience is there anymore. Like all the people that grew up on the Muppets are now old and have kids, and I don't know. Like I'll eventually go back and show Brody the Muppets, but it's gonna feel dated, and all the jokes are gonna feel antiquated and stuff. So it's a very. That's what I mean. Like all of these. TV shows and movies that we talk about because the internet culture has so many corners and nooks and crannies. You can find people that love something as, as voraciously as you do. Like you could find, you could go on Reddit and you could find somebody that's dedicated his entire life to proving that Con Air is the greatest action movie ever made. And we know it's not, but that guy does. And there's probably people out there that agree with him and you and I just happy our, our interests aligned because we were exposed to the same things growing up. So, right, but. yeah, that's a good call.
0: That's a good call. All right. So one, one last question for you as we wrap up, cause we're right at an hour. Um, is we talked about guilty pleasures, If talked about some TV shows, we talked about some movies, what's your, what's your one guilty pleasure food,
1: guilty pleasure food. dude. Gibble's Red Hot Chips. Mmm. Like, I, I, when, when the, the, the lay's logo or slogan of you can only, eat, you can't just, you, you can't only eat just one. Right. I can't sit down without inhaling an entire bag of those. I can't. <laughs> like, that's why, like, we just, we have a stockpile because there's only one place around here that carries them. So I'll drive there, like, on my way home from work and pick up, like, five, five bags and we'll just leave them in the, but it's anytime I sit down, I can't just have one. Yeah, the, I, I, the, the Gibbles red hot. That's that's yeah. a good
0: call. I, you know, my da- I, I don't do sugar now because I used to like. We went through on some past episodes all the all the sugar, all candy, and all that. And we talked about this in an episode, and it was like it was awful but good. So for me, the guilty pleasure would be flaming hot Cheetos popcorn at the Regal Cinema. <laughs> I just yeah. can't. I can't. Like I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, I, I need to go get some. Like I need just to go salivating. see a movie just so I can get some of that. And they don't even sell. They only sell it one size, which is the smallest size popcorn you can get in a theater, which is like, I don't know, 100 kernels of popcorn because it's so high in sodium and <clears throat> crap. But yeah. And you're done it's... eating it, you're like, oh, I shouldn't eat now. But then you, but when you're eating it, you can't stop because it's so good. So that's my that's my guilty pleasure.
1: So we both have spicy foods. When people exactly. talk about guilty pleasure, it's like oh, a big piece of cheesecake. And we decided we both went. I went with spicy, spicy. chips, and you went with spicy, spicy popcorn. popcorn. Yeah, yeah, Pollocks.
0: right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this uh, episode episode 16.3 uh, i think we got all of our technical issues worked out um, so point. the audio should sound pretty good oh i forgot to hit record
1: <laughs>
0: yeah that's <was> funny <laughs> all right so anyways you can follow us on twitter at matchwits uh, go to our website at matchwits.com uh you can follow us on or you know download the podcast subscribe to the podcast on ios uh, Google Play, as well as the Himalaya app, and it's available on Spotify. And I think that'll do it for this episode. Till next time, sure. Let's
1: <laughs> <laughs> see.